Hello, my name is Rita Balligan and you are listening to the Big Picture Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the minds of creative business owners and people who are striving in their careers. With every successful person, there is more than what meets the eye. There is a story, a bigger picture. And every week, I'll be finding out what that is, the how, the why, and when. Are you ready to be inspired? I am. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Podcast. I'm so glad that you are still here with me. If you're listening today, like you are, you're really here with me. You're supporting me. I love it. Thank you very, very, very much. Um, so my word of the day, and li- listen, if this is the first time you're listening, every episode I have a word of the day because I realize that I repeat the same things over and over and over again. And I am tired of being basic. So I have a word of the day and I'm sharing it with you guys. So you guys aren't basic either. So my word of the day today is myopic. Oh, oh my gosh. I think it's myopic. Myopic. (laughs) (laughs) This happens to me all the time. See, this is why I don't want to be basic no more. So myopic and basically what this means is someone who is lacking in foresight or discernment. So if you were to use it in a sentence, you would say, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, so-and-so, like he's a really lovely guy, but you know, I just sometimes feel like he's he's lacking in, my, uh, in myopic. I think I said that right. Yeah, he's lacking in myopic yeah so that's my word of the day myopic and by the end of this i will know how to say it properly because you know we're all learning together so no judgment here it's all good anyway moving swiftly forward i'm really excited about my guest today um because his business isn't only it's not just a retail business it's a business with purpose and you know i think sometimes you know people start businesses and you don't know like why they've started it you don't know anything about it but what i love about this brand um and this founder is that he has a really really strong and passionate purpose behind his business and his business isn't just about him but it's also about what he is doing for others and the slogan for his business and maybe once i say it you know who i'm talking about but it's your watch their future which i just think is epic and poetic so joining me today is william Edwesi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it right <laughs> perfect perfect thank you so much for joining Thanks me for today william me. thank you like i said i'm i'm just excited to have you here because i've always been really fascinated with your story mm. and why you started what you started and mm. the process as well so i'm just going to start from the beginning because I think that's best so yeah. first of all who is William yeah so that's a big question I never know how to answer that <laughs> I know everyone <laughs> that comes on they're like who am I okay, how do I answer this it's quite a heavy yeah. question it's yeah super heavy I guess I'm a 28 year old entrepreneur um founder of yeah Vitae London I'm also a father of a one-year-old I'm a husband um I'm a free thinker I don't know I'm a lot of things 
Well, that's a great description and you're only 28 like yeah. it's pretty awesome so how did it all begin for you i mean like what's your background like how when, where did you go to school yeah yeah so um so i grew up in southeast london in camberwell um between camberwell and peckham mm-hmm. um and then at the age of 11 i was actually sent to boarding school oh, wow. but in the uk in the midlands so i got a scholarship for this like posh boarding school so I went there from ages 11 to 16 Mm -hmm. and that was like a super eye-opening time because it was the first time I was out of the ends like it was the first time Mm -hmm. I'd seen another life and another world yeah um so that was yeah that was definitely an interesting experience and it shaped shaped me a lot in terms of the man I am today as well Mm -hmm. so after boarding school came back uh did college back here in London went to uni for a year um then dropped out with the first uni I was at Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started my first business. Oh, wow. So that was in essence, so I was 19 years old and I ran a sports academy called Starlight. And what we used to do is we saw that there was a gap where a lot of young people around us had done like FA level one and level two during college. Right. So they were qualified to go and coach, um, but there were no opportunities for them. Mm. So we just recruited a load of our friends, then put ads out on Gumtree. And then we got our own office and we were just calling up different primary schools and selling these coaches in to the primary schools for after school sessions and clubs. Um, And at the time, the government were giving out um, funding for this. Mm -hmm. So it was just a no brainer. You get the money from the government. We give you the coaches. We made our commission on top. Yeah. So that was running for a couple of years until the government pulled the funding, which was obviously fun for us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the model just didn't really work anymore. Um, So I then went to work in the city as an uh, first I was an insurance broker, then a recruitment consultant. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I was doing that, I finished my degree part time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I was working on that. And then it got to a point where um, doing recruitment and even though I was making like really good money, um, I realized that money alone just didn't really excite me mm. or it just it wasn't it wasn't really for me to just do that and that cycle of waking up every day with the ho- only motive is to go and make m- some money today just I don't know it kind of just frustrated me yeah, and grind, yeah. grinding my gears yeah um so I think I was about 25 and I just I said to my wife so basically I'd been dreaming about Vitae for a while mm-hmm. um to build a business that not only made money mm-hmm. but also made impact mm. um so I I finally pers- like managed to persuade my wife to quit my really well-paid job to start a business in an industry I really knew nothing about okay well, um wow, and wow. invest some of our house savings into doing that wow okay um, so we're gonna pause there because <laughs> because that is that is a lot you've like said so much and as you're speaking I'm like having like all of these questions yeah 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 um so I'm just gonna start with so when you said that you went to boarding school you said it was like an eye opener Mm, mm. in in what way like in what way did it open your eyes and to what yeah I guess so like to give you a bit more of a background and I'll probably go into a bit later when I talk about the brand in general but Mm. I'm one of seven children so I'm the first one of seven and we lived in like so we lived in a council estate like so many of people from our background Mm -hmm. um but growing up there were seven well nine of us including my parents in like a two-bedroom flat Mm -hmm. um so we were all like crammed up in this flat just doing all we could do to get by and then um then all of a sudden i'm 11 years old i'm plucked out of this situation Mm. and i'm i'm in the middle of of england and i'm like one of probably 11 black people in the whole school right. um so to me it was just like whoa like mm. this is so different mm. and you and 
and then I started to notice how all of our our friends were being picked up in in like Range Rovers and and then you'd go spend weekends at some of your friends houses and they were like mansions and you realize that they were living like a totally different life um so yeah that was super eye-opening for me um and like my brother's actually working on a documentary with the bbc at the moment because he's like a film producer and it's looking at um himself and myself and like our different um school backgrounds and how it's and how it shaped us yeah and until i did that documentary i didn't realize how much it like shaped my outlook on life and Mm. things and how and how i'm able to like super easily relate to people from other backgrounds yes where he says he has to kind of force it a bit more because he he didn't grow up like that that's really so it was yeah definitely an interesting time for sure do you think that coming from that kind of um background is what also gave you that boldness when it now came to you being in university and thinking actually i don't want to do this i'm going to just go into business Mm. do you think that yeah like i would love to attribute it to me being bold and saying i just wanted to wake up one day but to be honest like i was just dedicating so much time to business that my studies just weren't doing that great yeah um so that's that was the real reason i had to just drop out yeah um but having African parents, I still had to complete the degree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> later on down the line. Um, but yeah, I would, I'm would. i not going to take credit and say I was super bored. Okay. I just didn't manage my time well enough to carry on studying, to be fair. Yeah, but I mean, mm. the fact that you still even completed it, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Because I know a lot of people who, they did drop out and they're just like, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in my past. <laughs> yeah, I just, to be fair, I just didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with my parents, like... They were like, you will finish yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> by force, so yeah, had to. Have, have you always known that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I think so, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. It's 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 a really weird weird thought. It's something I think about all the time. Like mm. what makes me the person I am? What yeah. shapes my outlook? Yeah. Um, like in a weird discovery. So I went to Ghana in December. Mm-hmm. Everyone was in Ghana because yeah, I it's, know it's the I saw. <laughs> <laughs> but like when I was there. Um, I heard about my granddad for the first time who I didn't know like really know that much about I yeah. knew some some stuff about him but he had like seven wives 26 children etc so obviously I didn't really get to connect with him and he passed when I was like seven or eight okay, yeah. but when I was out there everyone was telling me about him and how so he was pretty much a millionaire out there wow. like he sold houses to the US embassy like he did this is my mum's side he did like really really well mm-hmm. and he paid for my mum to come over to the UK and then she saved up and paid for my dad to come over. Okay. Um, but yeah, hearing about my granddad and like, and how he would just buy and sell, like mm. his whole thing was literally what I do now, like yeah. buying at one price, selling at another price, make profit, etc. building businesses. It kind of just made me think that maybe it's just something kind of in my Definitely, DNA. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I don't. I don't understand why I'm pushed in this way. Like mm. a nine to five just doesn't satisfy me. Yeah. I really wish it did. Honestly. Like, <laughs> I wish I could go to work at nine, finish at five and, and just watch, watch Netflix all night and just chill. Like I, I genuinely desire for that. But, <laughs> but it's just not your, it's not your destiny. It, yeah, it just doesn't satisfy me. And then also my dad, he's a pastor, but I've never seen him work for anyone. Mm. And I've always seen him make things happen, work hard, write books. Yeah. Like, and he was the first in my family line on my dad's side to learn to read and write. Wow. 
and that broke like a cycle of poverty and kind of what has inspired me to do Vitae. Um, so no, see my dad's journey as well has just always pushed me to, I don't know, guess work for myself and, and create avenues for others. Like, yeah. That's what I want to do. Which is uh, which leads me on to about your brand Vitae London. Yeah, yeah. So how did that, how did that even come about mm. for you to decide? Because it's when people say they want to get into retail, it's usually like selling clothes or mm. you know selling ear. Like I would have never thought of like a watch brand mm. like at all. Mm. You know, mm. and maybe I don't really wear watches, but it's just not mm. something even amongst my friends that something that gets spoken about. Yeah. So how did that all begin for you? That journey. Yeah, it's crazy because. In essence, I registered uh, Vitae a year before it launched. Mm. And when I registered it, I had built a T-shirt company all around it. Mm. Um, and basically, my wife had been to South Africa where we support the children mm. and seen that like, with a little bit of money, we could remove barriers to education. Wow. So we were sending money every month to the charity. So Vitae was birthed out of me thinking and dreaming about how I could use my creativity to more sustainably support these children. Mm. Um, so initially it was t-shirts and with every t-shirt we sold, we were gonna help support a child free education for a month out in South Africa. Um, and I literally built the whole website, was ready to launch. And then something dawned on me that this doesn't really excite me. Like mm. it doesn't, it doesn't evoke like, I don't know, like a next level of inspiration. Like anyone, yeah. everyone and every, anyone's doing this. Yeah. So I just thought to myself, I really wanted to en enter an industry that people that looked like us never entered. Exactly, yeah. Like never even thought of entering. Yeah. Um, And I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to disrupt uh, a market that was doing really well. So the watch industry has grown on a double digit percentile even in the midst of the recession. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, people were still buying watches. So... Mm -hmm. I wanted to enter an industry and disrupt it for good. Um, so that's that's kind of why I chose watches. Plus, wow. I've always loved them. I used to like collect fashion and like Michael Kors watches, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aqua Masters in college. So I yeah. thought to myself, yeah, why not? Why not actually enter that industry? Yeah. So, yeah. So Vitae actually means life in Latin. Mm. So our whole match is to be the fashion brand changing lives. Mm. So now with each watch we sell, we're able to... Uh, remove a barrier to education and help support a child for education for at least a year wow. um so yeah that's what we do now i just find that so i mean entering into like you said it's uh it's a market that people like look like us look like us do not go into mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it's not really a market where it's like you can call your friend and say hey so how can i how can i get into this like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. i know your brother did it so yeah, like yeah, what can yeah, i yeah. do so that would obviously come with its own challenges within itself like mm. can you talk about maybe any challenges that you did face when you were yeah you know, I guess, starting up yeah it's it's not easy but I think at the same time we live in a generation where it's the information era like mm. everything is so readily available to us and I think that there's just so much power in that yeah. and the ability to kind of unlock that as well so I just did loads of research online um, and to begin with, the, sh the biggest struggle I had was they had super high minimum order quantities. Mm. So you have to order a minimum of this amount. Yeah. And then their unit prices were really high as well. Yeah. But I, I don't know where I got this idea from. But what I did is I reached out to, I think it was about 20 to 30 factories at the time. Wow. Um, and then I had them all in different WhatsApp conversations. And what I would do is I would screenshot a conversation from one factory to the other, mm -hmm. which would then enable me to reduce the minimum order quantities. Mm. And then I would use the minimum price from a factory and use that to 
bring the price down as well so then I was able to find this really happy medium where I got a really like low minimum order quantity yeah. and a and a decent price yeah um, and I was able to launch so yeah when we launched in December 15 slash January 16 we only had 300 watches yeah that's, um, a, that's still a lot though yeah it's, it's still a lot but it was it was manageable and mm. I was able to order it so yeah, so we had 300 watches in four different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we launched the business. Wow. So you mentioned earlier that you had to, you were working, right? Mm-mm. And then you had to like convince your wife to say, look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I need to, we need to, I want to do mm. business like full time. Yeah. Um. So first, my first question is, why did you decide? I know you said that you weren't enjoying it, but in terms from a money aspect, you're about to like start a business. So mm. I'm guessing the money coming in would would be handy. Mm. So what made you decide that actually, I just want to focus on this completely? And did you do this before, This was this before you launched or was this after you launched? So yeah, I quit my job a month before we launched. Okay. Um, And I, I don't know, I wouldn't really advise people to do it. It's probably not the wisest way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um. But for me, I was just getting ever increasingly frustrated in my job. And one thing I always say to myself is I really believe in like in like karma or sowing and reaping or however you want to coin that. So I didn't want to be working a job where I wasn't passionate in that job and I wasn't giving my all in those hours I was being paid. Because mm. I thought to myself, one day I'm going to employ someone I, yeah, and I, I don't want to reap that. I don't want to have someone in my team who's doing what I would have been doing. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought to myself, it's not really right for me to stay here. Mm. Um, like I had the gift of the gap, so I could have got by, but it just it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, and I just, I wanted to throw myself fully into the business. Wow. And, and in my mind, I think like if you run a business, you've got a you've got to kind of have like a a bit of a weird level of arrogance mm. or not arrogance but like overconfidence yeah so in my mind i was like there's brands out there whose products aren't as good quality as mine who are selling for higher than mine and they're not impacting lives mm. so if they're able to generate enough income to support a whole business why 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 can't i yeah like why not so i don't know just that mindset and actually thinking to myself Fear is a lie in this kind of vein because in a worst case scenario, I would just apply and get another job. So really, what is there to actually lose? Like, mm. what is the what is the massive risk that everyone yeah. talks of? So that's what pushed me to just say, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. Wow. So. And how did that conversation go with your wife? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is what, I don't want to do this anymore. Was, I want to go into the business. It was an interesting one because I've, I've always hustled in some vein. So I also run a like photography and media company. Right, yeah. So I was still doing like photography, like doing some weddings, etc. Yeah. So I was just showing her how I was, we would able to be able to make rent with this money. Yeah. Um, and I'd push hard on that. I promised her on that. Um, and I'd made most of that money that we were going to invest in the business from like commission from my recruitment days. Mm-hmm. So I was just said to her, like, I will, I will work my butt off and go back into recruitment yeah. if this doesn't work out. Yeah. But I truly believe it will. Yeah. And because she was the first one to actually go to South Africa, I think she had even more of a crazy heart for it. Mm. So she really believed in the power of this business. Yeah. And she just, yeah, she just backed me to do it. So, yeah. And then... 
I went for it. See, I've always believed that having that support system is so yeah, important. Yeah, it's crucial. Because it's crucial. the wrong person could be like, no, why would you do that for? Yeah, and yeah. then start putting all these doubts in your exactly. mind. But then you already having that confidence and then having someone to like back that confidence with mm. you. It's like, all right, we're doing this. And we're as an entrepreneur, you doubt anyway. Exactly. Like, you doubt. So to have your doubts and then someone else compounding their doubts as well, it's just like, not the best. So. Yeah. The fact that she just she was just like all right like go for it and I, one thing that, like she always says to me is that she wants me to be happy mm. in a sense and like she knew I was talented enough to keep working that full time job mm-hmm. but she just wanted me to come home every day and actually be excited passionate happy about what I was doing yeah so yeah I'm like yeah super grateful for her yeah oh, we got the wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that I uh, noticed that you said was. The fact that you had built this whole website and it was you were going to do a t-shirt line Mm -hmm. right and you were ready to do it but then you were like this doesn't excite me Mm. and i felt that that was so key because again we often have ideas and we feel like once we have this idea and we've started it we must see it through and even if one feeling like it's not exciting or we're not passionate about it it's like no you gotta follow through you can't be a failure like come on you have to so what i love is the fact that you felt that and again it's something that you kind of repeated during this conversation that you will go with how you feel and if you don't if you're not feeling it you're able to just pivot and just say look i'm gonna do something else like again like doesn't that do you get any were you even scared for a second about that? Or was I, it just like, this is what I'm passionate about, so it is what it is? I guess gut feeling, I think, is so important mm. and people don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And my gut feeling was, if I don't feel super passionate about it, how can I passionately get other people involved in the vision, mm. for one, and how can I get them to buy into my product? Right. So I think just leaning on that gut feeling that I didn't feel that passion. Mm. And yeah, you could say that was a... F- because even if you go on company's house our company is still known as Vitae London Clothing Limited because wow. it was actually going to be a whole clothing yeah, yeah, company yeah. Um, so you could say that was a failure but I think there's so much power in being able to be flexible and to pivot exactly um, and to and to actually learn from like I learned so much from that gut feeling because mm. if I didn't if I didn't do that and I stuck with t-shirts I, I know for a fact we wouldn't be where we are yeah. today exactly um which is why it's not a failure yeah do you know what i mean exactly. like sometimes i think failing is that that thing of continuously doing something that's not working yes do you know what i mean that for and me sh- is failure. short-term failures are the biggest blessings you can have it's a big lesson because it's well one it's a lot better than a long-term failure mm-hmm. and also like yeah there's so much lessons like i learn a lot more from when i'm broke when i've failed than i do from like the really big successful days so yeah. Yeah, man, I learned so much from that. So I know you to be quite audacious when it comes to getting people to wear your watches. <laughs> audacious? <laughs> like, I haven't heard that at all. <laughs> but in a like, you're just very like bold and it's very like, you, I feel, and in, in, in business, you have to be bold. Like, mm. you know, I've had the other guests and it's like, you have to like, there's no person that is out of reach. Like, you can't say, oh, because this person is this really, really super successful mm. person, they can't be involved in my brand because it mm. goes back to what you said. The fact that if I believe in it and I'm passionate about it, then other people will yeah. also be passionate yeah. about it. So one of the biggest people that I've seen where you watch is Richard Branson. Yeah, yeah. So like, how was that moment for you? And like, how did you even get? How did you even meet Richard Branson? That was that that was actually one of my biggest lessons in terms of failure. Mm. 
So I'll, I'll track back a bit. So firstly, how I met him was, um, so I got a Virgin startup loan. Mm -hmm. So out of 10,000 people that applied for this loan, I think only about 1,000 people were successful. Mm -hmm. Then out of the 1,000 people, they sent an email out to say, you can become a Virgin startup ambassador. So you can be one of Virgin's and Richard Branson's ambassadors for entrepreneurship mm -hmm. in the UK. Mm -hmm. So that's like going out, giving different talks and just really representing the Virgin brand. So I was actually out in South Africa at the time um, visiting one of our like our partner charities um, and like filming and like doing various shoots. So I, I, I just took our film crew to like this really stunning like mountaintop. Mm. And I was like, everyone else who is applying for this is going to film with like their camera phones. But we're going to do something special. So we filmed like a proper one minute campaign, wow. even though we were just meant to do like a, th a piece to camera on your phone. Yeah. So we did like this stunning campaign. Then we were chosen as one of the 12 to be ambassadors. Wow. Then. So the first time I met Richard Branson, I actually had breakfast in his house in Oxford. Wow. So myself and the other 11, 11 went down there and I had a watch for him that day. And I was like, yeah, I've got to get a watch on Richard Branson. And I'd seen that the the ambassadors before got one-on-one -on -one time with him. So I was like, yeah, when this opportunity comes, I'm going to give him the watch. And then the day came and we had like like a roundtable discussion with him, was bantering back and forth. And then he had like his whole crew around, like his whole entourage. So I don't know why like I didn't want to step out of term. Yeah. So I just like did all the photo ops, did what I needed to do. The day came and went and I didn't give him a watch. Mm. And I was like, that day I, I've never regretted something so much. Like yeah. I just felt like, what was wrong with me? Like, why didn't I go for it? Yeah. And it's just not, it's not really like me. I feel like I always go for it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was like super upset. A year later, we're still ambassadors. Um, and then I get an email on the Monday saying that this Thursday there's a talk with Richard Branson. He wants to do a live mentoring session with two of the startup businesses we've supported. I've chosen yourself and one other person to wow. be the people to interview him. Yeah. Because obviously we I'd done a lot of talks for Virgin, so they were like, Oh, he's a great speaker, let's get him involved. Mm -hmm. So we're on a live stage now in front of like hundred and fifty people. Mm. So myself, a lady and Brat and Branson. In the middle of the talk because this time, obviously, from the experience last time, I'm like, I'm not letting this opportunity yeah. go. <laughs> so in the middle of this talk in front of a live audience, I'm like, oh, by the way, um, so I, I told him about the business. I was like, oh, I actually brought a watch for you today as a gift. Mm -hmm. So I, I brought it out. I gave him the watch. Yeah. Like, in front of everyone, so he couldn't reject it. <laughs> um, and he was like, wow, thank you so much. Then he actually told me off. He was like, in in a funny way, he was like, when you're starting off in business, you should never give away your best assets for free, um, which I thought was oh, fair enough. But yeah. to me, that wasn't for free. This is getting my watch on Richard Branson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so at that point, he brought out a wad of cash, which was pretty much equated to the exact amount our watches cost, which freaked me out. Like, I was like, like how did he know? <laughs> like, yeah, was he going to buy one anyway? Like, yeah. that was weird. And then he took off his watch and gifted me his watch. Wow. So I've still got that in my house. And then straight after that, he ran loads of different press pieces. So it's like, he's such a genius. Like, he's always looking for the PR. Yeah. So the, the tagline is, why you should never give away your best assets. Wow. And then it was all about our interaction yeah, on the yeah, live yeah. stage. Um, so, yeah, that was, like, really beautiful. And then so much press we got off, off the back yeah, of that. Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah. Um, so, yeah, from that, I've just, like, right now, I'm just super ballsy with it. Like, yeah. I, 
like I know my product is quality so mm. I just get my watches on on any celebrity I can really who matches up with our ethos yeah um so yeah and what is your ethos I'm just looking like I love to partner with people that look to impact life mm. and that look at look beyond themselves I think it's so easy to even as a celebrity like to for them to 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 just be within themselves look at acquiring wealth for themselves mm. but there's so many celebrities out there and inf- like high level influencers I see that I'm drawn to because I feel like they they look at this world as deeper than just themselves the money and themselves um so yeah I love partnering with people like that um so we've had like some incredible celebrities um Pharrell Williams has our watch Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child Ava DuVernay who's like a phenomenal director like I'm such a big fan of hers um so yeah the list is crazy so yeah, list is epic. Mm, it's, cool. like, it's a very, very <laughs> epic list. Very, very, very. During this journey, did you ever have a moment where you felt, mm, I don't know if this is going to work? Yeah. Um, funnily enough, so I, so obviously I quit my job to start it. And then last year, January, mm-hmm. um, so for a whole year from last year, January to this year, January, I've actually been working a job okay. while running Vitae. Okay. Cause so we bought a house to we bought a house had a daughter like f- loads of financial pressures, and also I never wanted to be taking from the business, like I obviously I want to take from the business to sustain myself, but my main thing was always putting, yeah ensuring most of the money went back into the business because yeah. we bootstrapped it, um so, so yeah that it's been like a like a tough year for the past year, mm. like most of last year we were actually super quiet yeah yeah um, i did notice we weren't were. as active as we were and then and i like i even considered like oh is this the thing for me mm. and then working that job again i realized that yeah like nine to five life or working a job isn't isn't me yeah um, and vitae we'd already impacted so many lives we built such a strong business so i thought yeah let me go again so um, I was working like a really like full-time job. And then last year, September, I quit that full-time job to go back on Vitae. Um, and then I was, I've been working a part-time job since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing is, the minute I quit that full-time job, the day after that, mm-hmm. I get a phone call and I'm in a meeting with the um, chief of staff for Ghana's, Ghana's president. Wow. And then I'm invited to a dinner at Prince Charles. Like doors just kept get like just wow, open. Wow. Like it was just... It's weird. I honestly feel like if you go on the path you're meant to go on, God just opens those doors. Opens those doors. So I'm just seeing like door left, right, and center open, mm. and then like from then we started creating like a whole new product line, mm. like just redesigning, going back to basics, and the response to that product line. I've only shown on social media one of the six watches that we're releasing this yeah. year, and the responses have just been like wild, wow. and then. Um, when is this airing, by the way? Um, <laughs> three weeks, yeah. Beautiful, I can talk on it there. <laughs> so, and so we've just been, I, I won't mention the fund yet, but we've just um, been successful in raising investment from, yeah, from Yay, an American VC firm. Wow, Thank you so congratulations. much. Congratulations. So, which means I can quit the part time job as well. So, like, I'm fully, I'm full time back on Vitae now. Wow. Um, but it's like, I feel like I did need to go through that season of working full time to remind myself. Yeah. Because when I came back, like my passion's been back to 
back to the next levels and yeah. I know that I, I can never go back down that path. Yeah. And I never, like, most investors I've ever spoken to, they're like, oh, it's not a tech firm. Oh, we're not it's really. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, All they yeah, care about is, investing is in is tech. Yeah. But this, to to get investment in this, v, from this VC firm, again, like, over, like, around 2,000 people applied. They only invested in 24 businesses. Wow. Across four different cities. Um, so yeah, to receive that as well, it just feels like everything's lining up again. Um, and this year we've just got some really, really wild plans. So it's exciting. I love that because I really do believe that sometimes you do have to pause. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because in that, in that quietness, mm. it's, it comes fresh inspiration to 100%. really take it another level 100%. you know and i know like we often live we live in this generation where it's like you just have to be seen yeah 24 7 yeah what you're doing da, 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 da. you have to just be like on this it's like you're yeah. on this running machine yeah. like constantly but it's so important to just have that moment so that year that you had mm. obviously it was challenging but now you've come back and it's like even yeah. better than it was yeah. before you so know because better. now you've got hindsight and it's like mm. you know and mm. i just i just find that so i find it so interesting like yeah. I, it's just fascinating to yeah. me when i hear um business owners like say that that they had to pause mm. you know and disappear for a little bit mm. and then they've now mm. come back and mm. it's so you mentioned that you've got invest that you've secured investment yeah what is was that process was that process quite tedious or how was yeah, that yeah super tedious and it's weird. I feel like, especially within the black community, mm. we just don't know enough about this investment game. Right. I remember when I first started Vite, I sat down with my... So he's technically my uncle, but he's only two years older than me. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, my, my granddad's last born uh, child. Um, so I call him my cousin anyway. So I sat down with my cousin and he goes to me, oh, so Will, what's your exit strategy for this business? Mm. And I was like... What's, I had no, like ex, what, I don't yeah. know what that is like I'd never heard of that yeah and only now that I'm like starting to understand this game is like before someone invests in you they want to understand what your exit strategy is mm. so who are you going to sell to or are you going to IPO like mm. they want to understand that so that for instance if they invest 10 grand in your business today and your business is valued at a million when it now is valued at 10 million they get a hundred they get 10 times that they get 100 grand yeah so that's what they're thinking when they're investing mm. so all these times we're going and we're looking for investors but we don't actually understand the investment game yeah is what's really like i think crippling our community yeah a lot. yeah um so i've been like having various meetings and discussions with investors yeah and from like an initial um investment of like 10 grand personally mm. we built our business to like a six-figure business wow. with vite but I, I didn't realize how strong that was like very strong in, in my mind I thought that I hadn't achieved enough yet because mm. I I don't know I'm always looking at where we're yeah, going to go ambitious, next so, yeah so I I thought like, oh, they're not going to want to invest in this we haven't built it a big enough brand etc etc but yeah luckily now that I understand what VCs and investors are actually looking for mm. it's made the journey so much easier wow. um, and it was quite tedious so obviously I said like almost 2,000 people apply for this um, for this VC fund um, so we went through interview stage after interview stage but yeah in the end we finally got there wow. and because they're an institutional investor yeah um, it's actually making us more attractive for other um other investors to come on board so we're having like really really good conversations now wow. off the back of it so 
yeah, it's a really interesting time for us. Like a really exciting, mm, really, super. really exciting. You know what? Congratulations. Thank you know, you, thank congr- you. that's that's incredible. And it's so true. We don't understand yeah. investment at all. Like mm. even for me, I'm like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, like, what's like, the process? Like, where do you go? Like, yeah, how do you start? Like, what exactly. do you have to put together to present it? Exactly. You know. So it's it's something that we're not we're not taught. Yeah. You know. Like you go to Silicon Valley, and that's that's what it's all about yeah and so many people who start businesses in silicon valley previously worked for businesses that raised funding mm. and in um and then um sold their business on etc mm. so they understand the game they yeah. understand the mechanism they understand what vc firms are looking out for but i feel from our community a lot of us just want to bootstrap yeah we just want to build and to be honest, I, I've always had that mindset, oh, I don't need outside, like, I can do this on my own. Yeah. But no successful business, like, look at any business, look at Facebook, look at Amazon, look at any successful business right now has mm. had investors, has mm. had people pouring money, and not only money, like, expertise, time, yeah. knowledge. Yeah. So we're going through a process as well of building out our board, like, mm. building a really powerful board, mem- like, of board members that have experience in the retail industry that wow. have also exited in the past so they understand what we need to do going forward yeah um because yeah like no man's an island and we need to like especially within our community learn that yeah and learn to to lean on the expertise of others mm, so you have believed that mentorship is really important 100 percent. like i've <sighs> I've always been kind of anti-mentorship. Yeah. I think because I get so many mentorship requests. Yeah. And I just don't have the time or capacity. Yeah. So I think about the people I would want to go and get mentorship from. Yeah. And I wouldn't even want to burden them with yeah. that. So I think there's powerful... The way I see mentorship as powerful is the fact that we can listen to podcasts from extremely successful people. Yeah. We can read books from extremely successful people. Mm. Like right now... I can pick up pick up a book and be mentored by Bill Gates in mm, essence. Yeah. So I believe that mentorship that way is super important. Yeah. But then again, like I believe in building a super board for my business is very important mm. from what you I would classify as mentors anyway. Yeah. Because it's mutually beneficial yeah. also. Like yeah. them being on my board and then get them get equity in our business. When we do eventually either IPO or sell on they're going to get a big stake from that. Yeah. So it's mutually beneficial yeah. as opposed to the classic mentorship, which is take, take, take. Yeah. That makes sense. Even just the idea of building your baby, like, you know, having this business and you're now having to think, okay, what's the exit strategy? Yeah. Even that yeah. is like, it's mad. Yeah, it's like mind boggling. Like what? Yeah. Like my sweat, my <laughs> tears. And <laughs> you're telling me I'm just going to, you but know, eventually. A, but at the same time, once one thing someone said to me recently and i think you would relate because you're an entrepreneur yourself Mm. is the fact that although you're running a business which is successful now you probably have many ideas every day yeah like many different ideas and and i feel like as an entrepreneur like what this person said to me is that you're doing a disservice to the world if you just think that you're going to do like one business and one idea for your whole life because if you're someone that Mm. dreams and create and you're entrepreneurial like i don't think we're on this earth to just do the one like we're not on this planet to just build one thing that is Um, deep so when he said that to me i was like whoa because i do have loads of ideas and when you when you hold on to one idea so tightly and that's your baby and that's the only thing you focus on which which you need to do for a season but that's what you focus on for your whole life um the problem with that is that it doesn't allow you the freedom to 
to grow and develop more. It's mm. like it's like having ten pounds and refusing to invest that into money something that can give you twenty pounds because mm. you're holding so tightly onto mm. it. Um, so that to me that's powerful because it just means that the long term strategy will be pr- more than likely for us to exit with with Ite. Yeah. But then it will enable me to become an angel investor and invest mm. in other people that look like me and to start other businesses mm. and for my whole board and my whole team to become wealthy mm. so that we can all like that's why other communities are so wealthy because they've gone through this process. Yeah. They've empowered one another and then like kept investing in the generations to come yeah and what's beautiful about this is this is how we build generational wealth 100 percent. because now our kids are not necessarily going to go through the same process that we 100%. did you know like if your daughter or mm. like any like any children any yeah, future yeah. children come to you and say hey i want to get into business you're going to be able to rightfully advise them and say okay do this route okay do you have and an exit strategy and it's not even okay. the money it's yeah. the expertise yeah like, exactly it's not even being like God willing, I'm going to be able to give my daughter the money she needs or whatever she needs to be able to start whatever she wants to do mm. or, yeah, whatever she wants to go with things. But the money is even secondary. It's yeah, the, it's the, the network. Mm. It's the expertise. It's Because mm. that's where the power lies. Yeah. Like, I've, like I, it sounds arrogant, but one thing I always banter about to my wife is that I'm a money magnet. Like, mm. I can, I know how to draw money to myself even if it's not like really well thought out, I can draw money. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just believe there's so much power in the mind to be able to conceive an idea that draws money. Mm. So I think it's the mindset that is super important Mm. um, above the actual wealth that we can give because the wealth is secondary. We'll be able to do that. And I don't think that's arrogant at all. I think Mm. that's the kind of confidence that you need. You know, it's like, we need to get to this point where we stop playing down who we are and what we can do and what we can bring to the table. And that's and what a lot you're of Yoruba, do. right? Yeah. Okay. So one thing I look to the Yoruba community too is because I I think they're like you're quite audacious, you're quite out there. Yeah. But so I'm British Ghanaian. Yeah. Like British people are the most, in quotes, humble people. Yeah. The most reserved. Mm-hmm. Ghanaians again are super. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. like super humble. Yeah. So I'm I'm constantly having to battle that culture mm. because. Again, I may like stand out more. I may sound a bit arrogant, but I think it needs to get to a point where we actually own our stuff. Like mm. we own who we are. Yes. We own like our abilities. We own our strengths. Um, because until we do that, we can never actually flourish in them. That is, I mean, I don't even really have, you rounded that up so perfectly because mm. it's so, it's, it's key in everything that you're doing like even if you are if you're a creative you're an actor you're a director you're a writer whatever it may be you're working a job you have to believe in your potential 100%. and if you do not believe in your potential or you don't believe in your vision yeah. you cannot expect people to believe yeah. in it it's impossible and you and and often i have to remind people to, and i have to remind myself to actually look back and see what we've done mm. like i think as a visionary person as an entrepreneurial person I'm so constantly looking at the next thing I want to achieve yeah. that I neglect what I've actually achieved. Um, and one thing I'm 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 battling right now is learning how to celebrate wins. Like I don't do that well enough. Yeah. Like even this new investment we've got. Yeah. I'm already thinking, okay, how are we gonna flip this to make more? Yeah. I can't waste this. I can't lose this. Like not worried, but yeah, I'm concerned about making sure that it goes. Everything goes yeah. perfect. 
but you got yeah, to celebrate. Yeah, I'm realizing more and more that we need to like celebrate the yeah, wins. Yeah, because that to... is a big win. Mm. You know, it's not easy. Like you said, it's usually tech. I mean, yeah. tech is getting a lot of yeah. investment right now. Mm-hmm. And the th- you literally had this idea and it was about impacting lives. Of course, making money, mm. but also impacting yeah. lives. And like this is unheard of. And now mm. you've built your business from, it's amazing. Mm. So Thank you, you. Thank you. round of applause for you, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you and your company. That is just awesome and so inspirational. Like Thank I'm in my mind, even I'm just thinking about what you said, that statement mm. about why do you think that? And it's similar to something my dad told me as mm. well when it came to acting. Like he said to me, why do you think that it's only acting mm. that's going to give you your breakthrough in life? Mm. Like God has given us so many things that's yeah. important. Like we've got two eyes, we've got two hands, yeah, we've got, yeah. you know, we've got yeah. more than one thing for so many things. So why would you think that you've only got one talent? Mm. And it's the same thing for business. Why would you think it's only one business that you're mm. going to have to do? for the rest of your life yeah like you know? our our mantra for the business this year is dream about limits that's like mm. that's our that's like our new aside from your watch the future that's going to be like our new real slogan yeah because like with our with our next range of watches there's an interchangeable function yeah. so you can change like the color of your watch in seconds so you can have wow. a rose gold watch change into a gold to a silver within seconds um so we're producing in essence a limitless watch Mm. Um, and then with the children we support we're removing barriers to education which will enable them to dream without limits yeah so going forward that that's our whole mantra that's our whole ethos Mm. and I realized when I was working the nine to five was that my dreams were limited again like I was limited to work on this particular task within these specific hours Mm. but like dreaming without limits is so powerful like Mm. and reality is I don't know, man, like what we're presented to as reality, I don't believe is reality. Like mm. those limits, those boxes were said that we must live within. Yeah. That's what's that's what's another human being has made up yeah. for us. But we can actually we can do like anyone who's achieved something in this life has done the unrealistic. Mm. They've lived beyond the parameters of reality. And I just want to do that. Yeah dream without limits Mm. for anyone that's listening literally dream without limits Mm. do you have i mean i was gonna ask if you have maybe two takeaways like two you know two like steps or words of encouragement for anyone Mm. who does want to get in to business um but the fact that you said dream about limits i feel like that (laughs) is number one but if you wanted to add anything to that there's always two i mentioned so i Mm. mentioned it in my ted talk i've mentioned i mentioned it literally every interview Mm -hmm. so i hope i don't sound too repetitive but the first one is to start small. Mm. Um, so a lot of people, how I see it is, so my vision for Vite was all these phenomenal watches, all these celebrities, This like that was the vision for it. Mm. And it's so easy to see this mountain of your vision mm. um, and just see this like massive scale venture you want to go down and never do anything because you're so intimidated by that mountain. Yeah. So it's like, you want to scale, you want to climb this whole mountain. Yeah. But because it's so big yeah. and because you dream and you vi- envision so much, yeah. you never, you actually end up not doing anything. You're crippled mm. by the size of your vision. Yeah. And I see that for so many people that come to me with advice. Oh, I want to start this business, but I don't quite, oh, I'd, like the, all these massive ideas. Yeah. But what I realized was that, if I could just start small, mm. if I could do one little thing today that could contribute towards this business coming to fruition. Yeah. So if I could take literally one step up that mountain, You'll before you know it, I would actually look back and I've actually, wow, I've actually climbed this whole mountain. Wow, yeah. Like I've looked back and I've actually built this whole business yeah. that looked so unsurmountable at yeah. one point. 
So one thing I would always say is start small. Yeah. Like if if you can if you can only produce four watches to begin with, if you could only if you could only start with this small set of clients, start small, prove that it works, scale it up. Mm. That's what I would say. And secondly, um I always say this again is to live like no one owes you anything. Mm. Um I think especially in our generation there's a huge like mindset around entitlement Mm. so like me even starting my business like when i started i just thought yeah my friends and families should buy uh, buy one of my products because it's my product you're my friend you're my family why are you going to buy from anyone else like that was my mindset and then one day it dawned on me that i guess like i wake up they wake up every day right Mm. they work their nine to five they put in the blood sweat and tears to earn their money Mm. I have no right to dictate what they do with their money. Right. They don't owe me a thing. Yeah. Like once I got that in my head, like it was a massive shift for me. Mm. Because one, when anyone did anything for me, really or if it. yeah, if anyone bought one of my products, or like when you supported our campaign yeah. last year or two years ago actually, when you supported our campaign, like when people do these things, I'm mm. super grateful. Yeah. Because you've invested your time, your energy, your effort. You mm. didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. So when I realized that no one owes me anything, one, I'm super grateful, and two, it just pushes me to work a lot harder. Mm. Like as I'm building my business, I'm thinking it needs to be better than those other brands out there in order for you to buy from me. Mm. I don't want you to buy from me from the sake of pity or because you know me. Mm. So it just pushed me to work a lot harder Mm. and build a business that was actually a viable business. Mm. Um, So yeah, I would always encourage people to live like no one owes you anything. Yeah, I absolutely love that. It's so true because even Mm. for me, like with the salon, you just feel like, why are people not coming to my salon? Yeah. Like, why would you not come to my salon? But it's so <laughs> true that people work like, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. When it, they do come, you are super grateful. Yeah. You're like, thank you so much. Mm. Um, I literally was rounding up, but I just remembered that I just wanted you to just, your branding is epic. Oh, thank you. Like your branding is just amazing. It's so clean. I remember when you first launched a few mm. years ago mm. and it was just clean. It mm. was, there was no you know it wasn't messy everything Mm-mm. was just very precise mm. do you think that's important branding yeah it's everything in this yeah. day and age where everything is so visual mm. um and our branding is super like simple yeah. it's just super it works it's just liquid like it just flows that's yeah. that's the kind of branding i wanted i wanted like we've had 60 year old couples come on our website and buy watches for each other to for as a 40-year wedding anniversary we've had 18 year old passionate activists who are going to university buy our products with their first student loan Mm. so we've had like like a real wide like overarching Mm. kind of yeah we've just had so many different types of people buy into our product and that's and i guess that kind of is because we wanted a very clean and precise looking product. Mm. Like branding to me is very important. Obviously we now know like our core target market mm. and we will ca- like cater our branding more towards that mm-hmm. core target market, but it won't be at, at a cost of the others. Other people will still be able to come in and, and want to buy into what we're doing. Mm. So yeah, branding to me is so crucial in a day and age where things are just so visual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just wanted to, you know, slip that in there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Dream About Limits. I love it. Thank Mm. you so much for joining me today. And guys, check him out. Check out Vitae London. Mm. Um, It's just the ad is just Vitae London. um, 
V-I-T-A-E London, so Vite London, all in one word across all social media platforms. Amazing. Thank you, William. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh.